You're listening to the Prime Podcast, the Young Adult Culture of Abundant Living Faith Center, with Cruz Ramirez and Mark McGaffin. Hey, my people, Prime people, welcome back to another edition of the Prime Culture Podcast. My name is Mark McGaffin, and I am here uh, chatting with Cruz Ramirez. Cruz, what is happening over in your neck of the woods? Hey, we are in the studio. Come on, baby. You know, putting out some bangers, just working on some stuff. I'm not really, I'm, I've been teaching second grade um, and it's absolutely <laughs> awesome. Um, I'm learning about ner- nouns, verbs, adjectives, and all of that. It's living the dream, Mark. We're out here. All the essentials in life. Come on. We're covering it. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a part-time uh, teacher, part-time chef, and everything else in between. But we're having the time of our lives right now, and I just cannot even believe that uh, we are just a couple weeks now. I think this is our third week on some kind of quarantine. Is that right, Cruz? Like, is this week three or is this week four? I'm losing track. I don't even know what day it is anymore. I lost, I lost track, man. I stopped counting. I, th- I feel like today is March 37th. Um, and so <laughs> this is the day that never ends. It feels like Groundhog's Day. Some people may not get yeah. that reference, but it feels like. Yeah, Bill Murray every wow. day. Wow, Every day I step into that pothole, every day. What I have loved, though, uh, about uh, Prime is that we are on this Prime 30 challenge. And I don't know if any of you that are listening have, you better be rocking. I mean, if you're listening to the podcast, that means you rock with us. And I hope you've been taking part in the Prime 30 challenge. We're challenging our whole culture to go after it spiritually. We have a great reading plan. We're reading through the New Testament in 30 days. We've provided some uh, playlists for worship. And then we're all, we're also encouraging our family to go after it um, relationally and be intentional about relationship. You know, isolation is one of the most dangerous things that uh, that can happen to us spiritually, emotionally, physically. And uh, then, last but not least, we are encouraging our crew to kick it up a notch physically and get and be do, get active every single day. And I'll tell you what. Prime 30 has been awesome, but boy, has it been kicking my butt. <laughs> hey, Mark, I see you running those miles, boy. I see you, hey, you running. Get them in. Hey, I see you getting I don't, it. I don't do it for the time. I do it for the calories. You know what I'm hey, saying? I do, I do, <laughs> hey, I do it for the culture. Let's go. Oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> Product placement. Watch out. What you just said is so important, though, man, because... There's always a fine a, a way to find productivity regardless of the of where you're of where you're going through. I mean, like I I don't know if it's a, is it a scripture mark that says bloom where you're planted. You know, bloom, yeah, I'm pretty bo- sure we find that in the Bible somewhere. Bloom in the season that you're in, man. And so I think that rather than just sit back and let the season happen to the, to us, I think we should just lean into it and say, okay, we're gonna find a way to win. We're gonna find a way to thrive. We're gonna find a way to bloom and bear some fruit even in this season. It's it's been a fight for me to find a rhythm. It's been a fight for me to like kind of get a get get a schedule going. Um, so it's it's very bizarre, bro. It's been a very bizarre experience. I've, I I can honestly say I've never experienced anything like this in my life. Some days, man, I feel like I got a rhythm. I'm doing good. And other days, I'm like, okay, wait, what time is it? Like, where am I at? Or do we? Is it? Are we are we having church today? <laughs> like, what, what the heck is going on? And trying to find. I'm telling you, like the workouts have been really good, but bro, it has just killed me. Have you ever 
gotten to the point where you literally are gassed. You know what I mean? Like, like, like this one time I was, uh, for those of you that don't know, like we, uh, me and my, my two sons, we were really big into karate and, uh, martial arts for about a year and a half. And so we had this class we did where it was wrestling and, so we would come in and we'd wrestle and I was wrestling this guy at the end of the practice and it was the last one of the day. And I'm telling you, I was trying to tap this guy out. Like I was trying so hard. I had him on the ground on his back and I got him into submission and I knew I was hurting him. Like I knew it hurt, but I, he wouldn't tap. Like he was one of those guys like, hey, either break it or I'm not tapping. And so I was like, I gave it every ounce of my strength and dude, like he ended up tapping and then I like laid, laid down on the mat and like, I was seeing stars. Like I felt nauseous. It was the weirdest thing. Like he tapped out, but so did I. You know what I mean? like, like, like I was so gassed. It's the idea of like, okay, I, I don't know if I can go any further than this. Like those moments are, are some of the worst for me personally. It's like, yeah. Hey, am I, am I going to drop this? Bro, oh, you don't you you better not drop this. Bro, you better not drop this. You better hold on to that weight. You better not drop it. Absolutely. You put that weight up. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> like, like I, I cannot I cannot let this go. And I think I think that like physically, it's easy for us to kind of go to those moments. You know what I mean? And say that hey, this is the time where uh, I just didn't have I didn't have another mile left in me, or I was you know in the ring or whatever, and I was like I don't have any more strength. Uh, to try and tap this guy out like I'm finished. Um, but I think when it comes to our own lives, I think that the same things are true. These, uh, I think when everything was kind of, I don't know, whatever normal was before the, the, uh, the last couple of weeks and the coronavirus and whatever else, I think that, I think that I, I, myself and I talk with other people where it's like, they even felt like they were, they were gassing out. And sometimes it's because of, um, their schedules, it's always go, go, go. I got to go to a practice or, you know, for me, like I drop my kids off here. I got to go here. Got to go to work. Got to go to church. All that I means just go, 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 go. And it's like, I feel so, so drained. And that's one thing to feel drained that way. Right. But I, I feel like that, that this situation, um, that the rigorous schedule has kind of, I wouldn't say it's disappeared. It's changed. It's rigorous, but it's not the same. Uh, but I feel like in this way, there's a, there's a lot of self-reflection that's happening. You can sometimes run on empty or feel like you're running low or you have nothing left to give because there's this feelings of failure or or maybe you're 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 trying to do good and you're you're serving your community and you're like like literally you are growing weary. I don't know if you follow him but like Matthew Barnett is a superhero. He is not human, man. Like this guy yeah. has been out there every day feeding people and um they're just running so hard and running so fast but they're running on empty and I think even some of that is, has to do with change, it has to do with our our perspectives um, getting getting checked a little bit, or maybe it's the, the pressure we're facing. Uh, some of it might be outwardly from friends, uh, significant other, family, uh, work, whatever. But some of those pressures are are inward as well. You find out you're leaning on yourself a little too much, or you're trying to to carry this weight you were never designed to carry alone. Will this ever end? I have nothing left to give. I am running on empty. Proverbs 13, 12 says this, unrelenting disappointment leaves you heart sick, but a sudden good break can turn it around. I like how it says it in the Passion, then reading uh, the Passion translation during this um, 30 day reading challenge. But the beginning says like this, when hope's dream seems to drag on, 
and on, the delay can be depressing. Man, I think we got a lot of people crews that are running on empty, they're running on fumes, and they're just holding on for dear life right now. Dude, I think I think it's one thing when you're pushing a barbell when you're sparring with someone because at any given moment you can tap out. At any given yeah. moment you can drop the barbell, walk away. Like my workout today, at the end of the grinder, there was a mile run. Ask me if I did it. No, I didn't. <laughs> Right. Cause, cause I had an option. I yeah. had, I had an option. Right. And so I walked away disappointed, but it wasn't necessarily unrelenting. It wasn't something, it, it wasn't something that just stuck with me. It was like, ah, oh, man, I'll come back and get it tomorrow. But I think, I sure. think you're absolutely right, man. I think there's a grind that we're all on right now that the truth is we can't tap out of it. Like you can't, you're like, like I'm gonna tap out of my marriage right now. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm gonna tap out. I'm gonna tap out of being a dad. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna tap out being alive. I can't tap out, you know? And, and, and so like, I, I think that you're absolutely right, man, that there's this, there's this grind that we just are running, 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 running. And I think one of the places where we find the most disappointing thing is that we're chasing something that I don't know whether or not it's achievable, or I don't know whether or not it's what we think we want. Does that make sense? You know, I think that some, 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 some but even, even before, even before quarantine, right? Because whether you like, we, whether you like it or not, like you got to keep your butt home. Like you got to. And by the way, like if you're out driving around and you're like going like to like shopping or whatever, like, what are you doing? Like go home, you know, like, like this is, this is, this is absolutely serious. Right. Um, but even before all of this happened, man, I think that there was this, there was this grind that we put ourselves in, right? Like there was this, there was this rhythm that we place ourselves in. And, and Mark, as you're reading, as you're reading Proverbs 13, I can't help but think of Jesus's call to us, right? In Matthew 11, when he says, Hey, those of you who are heavy burdened, those of you who are worn out, those of you who are burnt out, you know, to me, that speaks on, man, I've tried every which way and I still can't get it. I've tried, I've tried to study my way through it. I've tried to work overtime, 60, 70 hours a week. I'm trying to like climb the ladder. I'm trying to enter the right social group, social status. I'm trying to get more zeros in front of the decimal point. I'm just striving, striving, striving. And the truth is, man, like all of that is going to continue to be an unrelenting disappointment. Why? Because at the end of the day, every single time we're going to come to the end of ourselves and realize it just was not good enough. It just wasn't, it just wasn't good. And I think if we're all being honest, I think that's, that's the little thing that gnaws at us in the back of our heads when we're restless in our bed, tossing and turning over, like, what do I have to do tomorrow? And what's on the agenda tomorrow? And what's, what's on the schedule? And man, how am I going to save up? And how am I going to buy this? And how am I going to accomplish that? How am I going to get this promotion? Why? Because we're, we're searching our own definition of good, Mark. And our definition of good at best will never be good enough. No, okay. that's good. Um, and, and so I'm, I'm reminded of the story of the rich young ruler who came to Jesus and said, good teacher. And Jesus tells him, wait, why are you calling me good? Right? Don't you know that there was only one who is good? Right? And it's, I've never thought of it this way, Mark, but I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Jesus as a clap bag to say, hey, you're a mere mortal. Uh, what capacity do you have to call something good or not? 
right? I mean, in Genesis, bro, in Genesis, you and I, we were created to do a lot of incredible things, man. We were engineered and architect and, and designed to do a lot of really great stuff. But one of the things that we were never built to do, we were never built to have an opinion of good or evil. Uh, that de that definition came straight from the father's heart, straight from the creator's oh mouth. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it was like heavy, where, where we messed up, bro, was when we ate from what? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And then our eyes were opened. We began to judge ourselves. We began to define our good. We began to define what, what standards were what based off of our opinion and our limited vantage. Do you see what I'm saying? And it's like, dude, like consistently from the dawn of time, we're pursuing our own good. And so the, the, the rich young ruler comes to Jesus and says, good teacher, what do I have to do to be good? Mm. Right. And Jesus is saying, Hey, if you want to be complete, if you want to be perfect, cause there's a difference between good and perfect man. Right. And Jesus came to make us perfect, to make us whole and complete lacking nothing. And he said, go sell all of your belongings all the things that were your status symbols, all the things that were your definitions, all the things that you needed to, that you needed to accomplish to impress people who don't even really matter. Shout out Dave Ramsey, right? We buy things that we can't afford to impress people that don't really, we don't really care about, right? Or he says it this way. We buy things that we can't afford with money we don't have to impress people who don't matter, right? Um, and Jesus says, go sell all those status symbols, Go knock down all the idols. Come follow me. And the Bible says that the rich young ruler became sad in his heart. There it is, right? His heart became sick, right? Why? Because he had many things. And I wonder if we're reaching this burnout and we're reaching these places of, of overwhelm and unrelenting disappointment because we have many things that we're trying to grasp at to say like, oh, when I get this, will I be good enough? When I grab this, will I be good enough? Hey, will I? Will this make me good? Hey, if I bring this to my heavenly father, if I bring this to my earthly father, maybe this degree will impress my parents. Maybe when I get this job, maybe then the, the girls will go out with me. Maybe I'll finally, maybe, my, maybe, 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 just maybe it'll be good enough. And Jesus calls us and he says, hey, that, that burden you put on yourself, I would never put that on you. Come, come to me all you who are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your soul, rest for your heart, man. Wow. You know? And that's, that's the, that's the whole problem with unrelenting disappointment, mm. right? It's like, um, to me, it's like a wave. You've been in a wave pool before. Mm, yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, and it's all fun at first and the waves start coming like, Oh, this is kind of fun. And then like, after a while, it's like, you just keep, you get hit with one. You're like, Ugh. okay, I'm good. And you get, you Ugh. get hit again. You're like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm still good. I'm good. And you get hit again. Like, Oh my God, I don't know if I'm good anymore. <laughs> you know, then by you hit like four or five, you feel like you're drowning. You might die. And I think that that's what unrelenting disappointment, the, the picture that I see, yeah. it's like getting hit wave after wave after wave over and over and over. And I think that's what um, a lot of us during this whole time in our, in our world, in our country, I think that's what this feels like is it's just bad news after bad oh. news after bad news. It's just thing after thing after thing. Just one wave wouldn't be that bad, right? But like just when you think you're about to catch your breath, Boom, unrelenting disappointment. Will it ever end? It's just wave 
after wave. And But the thing about unrelenting disappointment is it keeps on coming. Ugh. Wave after wave after wave. The feelings of failure, the feeling of disappointment, the feeling of these perspectives or I'm carrying all this, this responsibility now. I'm carrying all these, these decisions. Every, I'm growing weary. All, it's this wave after wave after wave. And this scripture says unrelenting disappointment will leave you heartsick. I wonder how many of you are listening right now in your home, your car, maybe you're taking a walk around the block or you're on vacation right now. You moved from the living room to the bedroom, wherever <laughs> you're at. I wonder how many of you that are listening feel like unrelenting disappointment has left you a little heart sick. My question, Cruz, is this. What do you do when you're sick in the center of who you are? Oh my gosh, man. Listen, uh, I, I think this, Mark, that we're about to celebrate. I mean, I think this message is right on time for me. I want to remind you that as you're listening to this, that today we've scheduled this drop on Good Friday. Okay. Yeah. We've, scheduled, we've scheduled this drop on Good Friday. And for all of humanity, I'm going to start macro. For all of humanity, Good Friday it was the beginning of the end of bad news. Until that moment at the cross leading to the resurrection, unrelenting disappointment. I can't come close to God. I'm a, I'm a prisoner of a sinful nature. The best I can do is try to please this, this set of rules. I don't have a relationship with the Father where I'm a child of God. At best, I'm a steward. At best, right? We were far from him. But there's a reason why everything that happened on Sunday morning, on Easter Sunday, on Resurrection Sunday, there's a reason that starting Resurrection Sunday, when the tomb was empty, the stone was rolled away, and our Messiah... Our Jesus rose again with all power, all strength, with an overcoming victory over sin, hell, death, and the grave. There's a reason why from that moment to the end of the book, it's called the, the gospel. It's the beginning of good news. And for, for all of us that are listening who have our faith and have placed our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, that right there was the sudden good turnaround for all of us. And I'm reminded of an old school song, man. For some reason, I've been like, I've been nostalgic lately, Mark, right? But, but there's an old school song that says, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know Oh, oh, he holds my future. Life is worth the living because he lives. And at the end of the day, friend, I want to remind you that there is always good news because of Jesus. Jesus said this, in this world, you will face trouble, but fear not. Take heart, he said. John, John 18, 33, take heart for I've overcome the world. And even because look, these heart issues, Mark, and, and having, having, having heart sickness is not new to us. It's a human condition. 
right? And Jesus said this, even when your own heart condemns you, even when your own heart condemns you, right? It's one thing for my, 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 immediate, my immediate family to condemn me. It's one thing for status in society to condemn me. It's, it's one thing for people who know my past to condemn me. But man, it's a sad, scary, hard place to be in when my, my biggest prosecutor lives on the inside of me. Bishop T.D. Jake says it this way. I don't fear the enemy around me. I fear the enemy in me right? And it's, it's one thing for the world around us to condemn us, to tell you I'm, you're not good enough, to accuse you, to berate you, to be derogatory, to diminish you. But it's another thing for your own heart to condemn you. But the good news is that Jesus said, even when your own heart condemns you, I am greater than your heart, man. Right? And I'm, re- and I'm reminded, um, is it a uh, man, please correct me. I think, I think I'm about to misquote it, but I think it's the book of Ezekiel where he says, I will take your heart of stone and turn it into heart of fle- heart of flesh, right? I'll, I'll I'll give I'll give life to that heart, you know. And so the good news is this: that the overwhelming joy, the over overwhelming victory, the overwhelming sense of good and belonging, and security and safety and love and acceptance, came on the morning that Jesus rose again. He overcame every condemning voice. He overcame every horrid past. He overcame all of it. And his grace was given to us. That The book of Ephesians says he's made to us, revealed his manifold grace, right? His many aspects of grace. And I'm not trying to get too deep, but I, want, I just want you to know that as a believer, we always have good news and we might be living I, Mark and I were talking about this earlier and I'm like man you know sometimes it's hard because we're living in a bloody mess right like that's Friday that's that's Friday like that's the cross right that's disappointment dude like 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 Peter denied Jesus a few hours ago right the crowd the mega church that was following Jesus is nowhere to be found right People are heart sick. Our Messiah, our hope, our our champion is dead. He's hanging on the cross like a common criminal. He's bleeding. He's human after all. But of course he's human because he died not for us. He died as us, right? But he's but he 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 overcomes not he doesn't the disappointment is just isn't just in his humanity. He overcomes in his divinity, man, right? And so like on that Friday, dude, on that Friday there's so much disappointment. And so many heartaches, right? But I'm so glad, man, that that's not where the story ends. And friend, can I just tell you right now that in him, this is not where the story ends. There's always a resurrection following of a Good Friday, man. There's always a resurrection. There's always life in him. And because he rose, you rise, right? And it may not be perfect and it may, it may not be everything we want it to be, but can I just tell you that your hope in Jesus will not disappoint. That's what Romans chapter five says, that this, this, the, the, the trying, right? Like, like, like pushing through life builds endurance and stamina and that endurance and stamina. Cause what are we going to do, Mark? We're going to fall back. Like, we're just going to quit. Like, like, yeah, man, it is hard, right? Like, like, what are we going to do? We're going to quit. You know what I'm saying? We're, like, we're just going to go back to what? You know what I mean? Like, no, man. No, man. Like, no. I, I, I will push through. I will push you. Watch. 
man, you got, I got, I got all preachy. I'm sorry, bro. But it's just like, like I'm preaching myself happy right now, dude. Real talk. Psalm, 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 Psalm 27, 13 in the new King James version says this. I would have lost my heart. I would have lost my heart if I had not had confident hope in this, that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Not the goodness of, not the goodness of Cruz because the goodness of Cruz, the things that I've defined as good, man, I've found in my life, bro. And in my experience that, that, that goodness is fleeting. It's fickle. It's temporary. It is moody. It's up one day down the other. And I don't want the goodness of Cruz, man. I want the goodness of God. And my confident hope should be in the goodness of God, right? Proverbs 4, 23. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. King James says, out of it flows the issues of life. So during this season, if you've, if things have been flowing out of the inside of you, um, your, the way you act, the way you speak, the, the, the thoughts that things are coming out of you, that's like, whoa, this is, I, I, I don't usually think like this, or I don't usually react like this. I think right there is um, it's almost like a, a magnifying glass to where your heart is at. Could it be that this season is revealing there's, there's areas in your heart that are sick? And if, if, you, are, if you are sick in your heart, what's going to happen is that's going to flow out of your life, not just in one area. I think that we think that sometimes that we have, <laughs> we have, we have control over where things are going to flow out of our heart. But if it's, it's the center of who you are, it's going to begin to flow everywhere. In Proverbs, we started with the scripture, unrelenting disappointment leaves your heart sick, but you got to look for the butt, right? Come on. It says, it says, but a sudden good break Come on. can turn your life around. Come on. It's interesting. There's somewhere around 240 or so uh, references in scripture where God does something suddenly say that it was something done quickly something that came out of nowhere no Come one on. even saw it coming no one saw jesus's resurrection coming he even said it and nobody saw it was coming and this is what i want to say is that in the in the coming weeks in the in the coming months friend you don't just need a break you need a sudden good break that turns your life around that that your friends didn't see coming, that your that your bank account didn't see coming. Come on, I'm telling you, this is the coolest thing because it just reminds us that God's not just interested with the big things in our life. Come on, Mark, He's so interested in the details. God sees you. Yeah, He sees the details. He sees down to the fine print. And when He looks at you, He doesn't go, eh. Wow, could be better. When he looks at you, he sees something good. In Genesis 1.31, it says that God saw everything, not a couple things, not just one thing. God saw everything that he made. He made you, he made me, and he said it was, it was all right. Wow. Yeah, could have done better. It's not what scripture says. Scripture says that he saw it and it was very good, very good. The word good there means to his liking, to his standard, and it is enjoyable in his eyes. Friend, 
Come on, you right now, you might be in a, in a series of disappointment. You might feel like you're locked up. You might feel like you are in the cage. You might feel like you've been buried. But Resurrection Sunday came for Jesus, and it's coming Woo! for you. Yes, sir. To let hope arise in your heart and let a fire burn in your eyes. He's got you. He's got it, and he's not letting go. Come on, Mark. You know, I think I think I want us to drill down, man, and let's just let's just hammer the thought of good, right? Let's hammer the thought of good into the lives yeah. of of believers, into the lives of everyone who's following this culture, right? I want to remind you, Philippians one six says, "Be confident of this very thing that he who began a good work, there's that good again, will perfect it." until the day of Jesus Christ, right? I want to remind you that the guy who wrote Philippians 1 was an expert in the Torah. So when he uses the word good, he's referencing and it, 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 it was directly correlated correlated to his understanding of the good in Genesis 131 that Mark just referenced, right? And so when he's looking, he's saying like the work that is work that is getting done in you, it's enjoyable, it's pleasing, it brings God joy. And honestly, it's perfect. It's usable and it's suitable for right where you're at. And so I, w- I just want you to understand, even when it doesn't look good and even when it doesn't look complete and even when it doesn't look like it's well put together, you're not defined by your definition of good. You're defined by God's truth, right? And I'm going to, I'm going to quote Bishop T.D. Jakes again. I mean, this, when he said that this, this wrecks me, right? He said, be careful when the only book on truth that you quote is the one that you wrote. You know, like, and I don't want to quote my book of truth. I want to quote God. I want to quote God's word of truth, right? And He can look at an incomplete work, man, and say it's good. On day one, look, look, look how messy this is, right? He speaks light. There's light, but He doesn't speak celestial bodies until day three, right? So for some of us, there's there's this hope emerging. There's this order emerging in the chaos. There's this light emerging in the chaos, and there's nothing around to justify it. Just because you don't have anything that justifies the hope in your life doesn't mean that the hope in your life isn't legitimate, right? And so he looks at day one, day two, day three, and he calls it good, man. He calls it good. You want to know why? Because he speaks from his, from his eternal perspective. Like he's already sitting in day seven resting, while we're living in day two, day three being completed. And I, I want to just remind you that your father finishes what he starts. He perfects what he starts. He has a good work that he began in you. Jeremiah 29, 11. Come on, you know this, right? You've quoted this, yes, right? For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for a good and a future, right? A hope and a destiny, not for tragedy, not for disaster, but for good. Plans for good. Mark, you know what that word good literally means there in uh, in Jeremiah? It means shalom. My plans, my plans for you are peace, plans of peace, right? And I'm just going to remind you what our church teaches on that. The plan that God has for you although it may not be perfect right now. I need you to understand that when, when, when Jeremiah wrote that in Jeremiah 29, they're living in a time of desolation, in a time of disappointment, in a time of captivity to where um, verse 11 is a resolution to at the beginning of verse one. Pastor Charles reminded me of this the other day, right? That even in captivity, you'll sow gardens and eat the fruit. 
You'll get married and have children. You'll build houses and enjoy them, even in times of chaos, even in times of captivity, even times of dysfunction, even in disappointment. His good work, his good expected end, the good hope, the good future is still for us. And his hope, his future, and the good outcome is always his peace. And today, friend, you and I can sit in his peace. We can sit beside still waters and declare that the outcome of God for my life is health, welfare, prosperity, and every form of good. And let me just add an addendum to that. Health, welfare, prosperity, every form of good, and the absence of confusion. Let's not be confused. Let let me say it this way. Don't get it twisted. Everything you see isn't all of everything there is. I'm, I'm reminded, man, of... Uh... Jesus said, I am mm. the resurrection mm. and the life. Mm. Come on, if you have listened to any of our pastor's teachings, you know that that when, when Jesus enters into your life, he's going to help you stand up. Come on, Mark. He's going to be your stand up, help you get off the ground where you're at. Maybe you've been, been hit by wave after wave, but he's going to help you stand up and help you recover. Yeah. Life yeah. is not the same. And I'm telling yeah. you, you and I, we're, we're not making light at all of the situation that you may be facing, that what the, what the current status is of, of, of everything that's happening in our world. But here's what, here's what we do know, is that Sunday is Come on. Coming. Yes. And I'm, I'm, de- I'm declaring over your life, over your family, that this will be a year of not just getting a break. You're going to have some good breaks. Psalm 45.1. Make this your verse for the next month. My heart overflows with a good theme. No matter what the world tries to pour into my life, no matter what the news tries to pour into my life, no matter what happens in my life, no matter what I see, no matter what happens to me, my heart, I'm making the choice today. I'm going to overflow with a good theme. What does a good theme look like? Come on. A good theme looks like thankfulness, gratitude, praise, worship, adoration, honors, like no matter what happens, I'm, my hands are staying lifted. My mouth is staying open. I'm not going to shut down because of this devil, you can't shut me out. You can't shut me down. I'm choosing Preach. right now. My heart's going to explode Come on. with a good theme. No more of this. There's a sudden good break and it's going to turn my life around. God, we thank you today that Sunday came for Jesus and Sunday, Resurrection Sunday is coming for every single person that's listening to this podcast today. Praise God. Say that, man. Amen. Woo. Hey, there's some oil on this one. Take that word. I just, I'm just coming back to the song, man, because he lives. That's my good news. Why are my hopes up? Because he lives. Why is my head lifted up? Because he lives. Why am I standing? Because he lives. Why am I not freaking out? Because he lives. Why is my heart still and my sleep good? Because he lives. Why is my house blessed? Because he lives. Why is grace and favor for me? Because he lives. There's a sudden good break that changes everything that we have through Jesus Christ. Summed up in one word, salvation. Salvation. 
You know, salvation doesn't just mean I'm not going to hell. The word salvation literally means to change your current situation to a more preferable one. And there is a more preferable situation. You know, I, I, I'm bold enough to speak over your life that there is a situation that God prefers for you and for me. This is why he sent his son Jesus to change our situation suddenly. And you have access to that suddenly good turnaround in one moment of believing. We don't have to have it all together. Everything around us doesn't have to be perfect for us to believe. You can, even in the face of dysfunction, chaos, brokenness, hurt, guilt, you might be driving somewhere, you might have, you might have just do, finished doing something that you feel bad about. Listen, even in that, you're loved and salvation is for you. The scripture teaches us that in one moment of believing, salvation enters our life. And I was reminded, Mark, about a suddenly good turnaround for, you know, I'm not going to go into the story, but there's a guy named Zacchaeus who was a horrible person, tax collector, hated in his community, dysfunction. He was a thief, no bad character, full of, full of just a past man. And in one moment he saw Jesus and he said, I want to invite him in my house. You know, friend, today you can have that moment where you say, Jesus, I want to invite you into my house. Maybe not literally your physical address, but the home of your life, the, the places, the house, your heart, where other things live. But now, now Jesus comes in and he becomes the tent and he cleans house and he occupies us. And Jesus said this to Zacchaeus. He said, today salvation has come into your home. Today salvation has come to the home. And one of my favorite portions of scripture, for the son of man has come to seek and to save that which, which was lost. You know what a suddenly good break turnaround is? When you get found. I don't know if you ever got lost. Like when you were like 10 years old at Walmart. I did that all the time to my parents, dude. All the time. And I remember, I remember getting lost when I was old enough to feel it. Like, yo, like, what am I going to, like, I, I, I was lost for a good hour or something, right? And like, yo, where am I going to live? Like, I'm on my own freaking out right and then suddenly i hear my name being called suddenly i hear the voice of my father saying my name friend friend right now i i believe that the voice of the father calls your name he knows your name he loves you he's for you he's not disappointed or disgusted in you he wants you. And my job, your job is simply to respond and say, I want you to come to my house. That's the suddenly good turnaround that we're talking about and we're celebrating Easter Sunday. That through his resurrection, I have this beautiful suddenly good turnaround of salvation where I can now live God's preferred best for my life. And you can have that for you. It comes in this one moment. And, and in a moment... I'm, I'm going to ask Mark to lead us in a prayer of just confessing that and declaring an invitation for Jesus to enter our homes and into our lives. But I believe this, that in that one moment, in that moment of believing, see, believing is not believing if it doesn't include hope in the right thing or believing for salvation, right? Is hope in the right thing. 
So today, let's shift that. Let's have a suddenly good turnaround. Let's turn our hope around and put our hope in something that is perfect and eternal and for us and powerful. He's overcome it all, friend. And you and I can have this moment of a suddenly good turnaround by inviting Jesus or maybe just simply remembering, right? Remembering that he is more than enough. So come on, let's pray together with Mark. Man, you feel isolated today. You feel like you've been crippled by, by disappointment and that uh, you've been crippled by uh, mistakes, crippled by bad news, um, crippled by exhaustion, crippled by pressure, crippled by perspective, crippled by everything that's closing in around you. You may feel crippled. It does not cripple the saving grace of our Jesus. Friend, Jesus changes everything. Your past is wrong about you. Your present does not define you. He's got a hope and a future for you. Jesus is gently leading you towards life change today. Whether you're listening to this on, on Good Friday, you're listening to this in the, in the middle of a coronavirus, you're, li- you're listening to this in, in the middle of despair, Jesus changes everything. He's, he's offering resurrection to you the same way he offered it when he said, I am the resurrection and life. Maybe you've, you've uh, had a relationship with, with God before, but you've been off doing your own thing and got off track, or perhaps you're listening to this and you've never started your relationship with Christ. I want you to, to say this prayer with me. And it starts with a, a simple prayer like this, but the result is a life change happens. It's a journey with him where life change just continually happens on the inside and it change happens in your heart and it begins to flow out of every area of your life. If you're saying, Mark, I, I, I want to I I experience that kind of sudden good break. This is, this is my resurrection moment. Pray with me and believe with me. Lord Jesus, we, we come to you today. Lord, we're sorry for the mistakes we've made. We're sorry for our sins. God, we, we turn away from them. We face our direction towards you. God, we thank you for sending your son for us while we were yet sinners, while we were yet a mess. Lord, we thank you for sending your son for me, for Amen. each person listening. You, right now, Jesus, we ask you to come and be, be Lord, be King, be our God, be our Father. Lord, teach us how to live. Lord, we accept you into our life. Lord, and we will spend the rest of our lives getting to know you and making you known in our world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, I just want to remind you, Sunday's coming. It got dark on Friday. The earth shook on Friday. Our friend Jesus died on Friday. But on Sunday morning, the Savior of the world resurrected with all power in his hands, with all strength in his hands. And he rose with him, holding the lives of sons and daughters of God. I want to remind you that because the Son of God stepped off of his throne of divine privilege, became a human being, and died a sinner's death. Now sinners who were dead in their sins were able to step up out of the muck of their life and approach the throne of glory and grace and sit as sons and daughters. I want to remind you that we are seated in heavenly places through Christ Jesus our Lord. And as we celebrate this weekend, Easter weekend, I want to remind you that Easter is more than just pretty suits and Easter eggs. It's about the Son of God 
resurrecting to make you and I sons and daughters of the Most High God. So live in the power of his resurrection. Because he lives, you and I live. Hey, thank you again for listening to the Prime Culture Podcast. It's been a great, great uh, time here sitting with you, Cruz, and I'm looking forward to next time. I think we have some special stuff on the way, but we love you. We thank God for you. And until next time, why don't you all go ahead and be the culture?